Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. It is Monday, September 27th. So glad that you could join us. I'm going to jump right into a minute of transparency here. And I really wanted to just talk about living with uncertainty. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about COVID-19. Obviously, that is thrown us into a level of uncertainty that I don't think anybody ever saw coming. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, we've been living with it since March, and it's still going. So I'm not going to spend much time talking about that, but I want to, I want to talk about weather, and just uncertainty when it comes to weather. Uh, right now, we're going through a, a small heat wave. So you know, Southern California. One of the reasons why people love living here is that you have a moderate climate. You know, anywhere from the 60s to the 90s. Uh, and it kind of stays in the 80s most of the year. And so that's why people love living here. It's great. Um, but we still do have those times when uh, a heat wave comes through and it gets a little crazy. So we just experienced that this weekend. Um, I, it got up to, I think my wife and I took the car in to have the oil changed. And we're, we're driving home in the Jeep with all the doors off. And I look down and it says 107. Which, I mean, that's pretty warm, you know? And of course, everyone says, oh, it's a dry heat, so it's no big deal. And you're right, it is better because it's dry. You know, when I lived in Indiana, it could get into the 90s, but the humidity was up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and it just was horrible. Like, I just could not stand it. Uh, and so, 90s with dry heat, I'm hundreds with dry heat, is not as bad as that, but it's still hot. Don't get me wrong. It's the kind of heat where when you take a breath in, you just feel the heat go into your lungs. And it's like, yeah, it's hotter than it is most days. So going through the the little mini heat wave we had this weekend, it just made me think, you know, we live in a pretty amazing place. People move to Southern California because of the weather. You know, it's, it's in the 80s. It's anywhere from the 60s to the 90s most of the time all year long. And so... You know, there is a reason why people want to live here. However, it's funny that, you know, when we decided to move here, people really gave us a hard time. And they're like, why are you going to move there? They have earthquakes and they have fires. And, you know, at, at some point they're going to have the big one and you're just going to fall off into the ocean. And, you know, this little heat wave got me thinking, it really doesn't matter where you live, right? You're You're going to experience difficulties. You're going to experience uncertain weather patterns no matter where you live, from earthquakes and fires in, in California to fires in the mountain states to flooding in the plains to, you know, in the Midwest, the extreme heat, extreme cold, uh, tornadoes, extreme weather to the East Coast with hurricanes and uh, and those types of things. And it it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, 
there is potential for dangerous things to happen no matter where you live. And this kind of goes back to, you know, one of the episodes early on that we did was the safety and security episode where we kind of talked about, you know, people think or want to think and believe that they are safe and that they are secure. And at the end of the day, you're just not. And and so really, wherever you live, whatever experiences you go through, you know, in terms of weather, in terms of, um, you know, dangerous things like earthquakes or hurricanes or whatever, whatever you go through, it's, it's going to be fine, right? I mean, you're going to, you're going to deal with it when it comes. You're going to be smart and try to avoid it if you can. But at the end of the day, this is the world we live in. And so how you perceive that and, and how you let that impact you moving forward is really on you. It's on us, right? We can either be fearful and live in, in fear and anxiety all the time, or we can be proactively positive and just live our lives and enjoy it. So that was my minute of transparency. Uh, but let's move into today, today's topic, which is transcending earthly desires. Uh, in this episode, we are going to define desire. We're going to talk about desirables. We're going to talk about standards of living. And then we're going to finish up with perception equals reality. Number one, defining desire. So the dictionary defines, defines desire as to wish or long for or to crave or to want. And if you look up synonyms, you get words like ambition, Appetite, craving, greed, hunger, lust, passion, thirst, etc. Now, during the controversy theory series, we talked about worship, this whole concept of worship. And really, these two concepts of desire and worship go hand in hand. Uh, in essence, people often wind up worshiping the thing or things that they desire. So back in that other episode, we took a, a simple quiz to kind of see what those things might be. We called it the worship quiz, and uh, we asked ourselves these three questions. What do I spend large amounts of money on? What do I spend large amounts of time doing? And what do I spend large amounts of time thinking about? And when you've answered those questions, you should come pretty close to determining what it is that you desire and what you might be worshiping. Uh, it's it's probably important to pull in Maslow's hierarchy of needs again, too, um, as desire is often very different based on where you're at on the pyramid. So there's really three categories that that people fall into on the on the hierarchy of needs. You start at the very bottom with your basic needs. So these are people dealing with the need for food, water, shelter, safety, and security. And when your existence requires you to focus on things like this on a daily basis, then, you know, desires for other things are often pushed away, and these become the things that you desire. In the middle, you have the psychological needs. So these are, um, you know, people in this middle ground kind of struggle with the need for friends, relationships, uh, careers, accomplishment, things like that. And then you have at the very top the self-fulfillment needs. And so these are people who struggle with self-actualization, really an attempt to achieve their full potential and try to really figure out who they are. So while you can have desires at each level, they tend to increase the higher you go on the pyramid. As more of your needs are met, there's more and more free time, more and more brain space available to start desiring things. 
Uh, the difference is that these things are often now wants versus needs. So there's a huge difference between the following, right? So desiring a safe and secure place to live and raise your kids versus desiring the Canon 7D Mark II because it shoots a couple frame rates per second faster than its predecessor, the 7D. So in those illustrations, it's very easy to see need in that first one and want in the second one, right? Number two, desirables. For the sake of this episode, uh, I'm going to assume that most listeners, listeners are in the top half of Maslow's pyramid, right? So in the United States, we have most of our needs met. Now, don't let me gloss over the fact that we have homeless people living in America, and we have people who are below the poverty line, people who struggle for finding food from a, on a day-to-day basis. That is a serious problem in our country, and it is definitely something that's here. However, we also live in a very prosperous country. And so, uh, you know, just looking at the number of people that live in this country and the the wealth that exists in this country versus other countries, uh, I'm going to say that most of our basic needs are met. And for most of us, we have way more than that. So we live a life of privilege, to be sure, and it's definitely something to be thankful for. Uh, Regardless who the president is at the time, regardless whether we're going through a pandemic or not, or if race relations are still something that needs to be ironed out, we do need to understand how good we have it in order to be truly grateful for the gift that we've been given to live in this country. But living in a society or a culture with this level of privilege also has consequences that aren't always good. So here are two phrases that might sound familiar. First, to whom much is given, much will be required, from Luke 12:48. Or how about this one? With great power comes great responsibility. That was from Uncle Ben in Spider-Man. Now, both of these phrases apply to us, right? Living in a land of freedom and opportunity like we do. But what happens when people don't take these phrases seriously? What happens when they start to believe the opposite? When they stop viewing their lifestyle as a gift and start viewing it more as their right, as something that is owed to them for their hard work or because they somehow deserve it more than another person. This is the danger we all face living in a land of privilege. We start to view it as our right and we demand more and more. Or can we remain humble and view it as a gift and steward it well? But let's get back to desire and the things that we desire when we're living in a land of privilege. There are obviously thousands upon millions of people, places, and things in this world available to be desired. But let's just look at a few of the categories that our our worldly desires fall into. Number one, love or finding the one. So we're all looking for love, right? And it's a desire that I believe is God-given, came from him. And when it happens in a natural, organic way, it's a beautiful thing, right? Two individuals looking for each other, finding each other, and choosing to spend their lives together. However, relationships are also a playground for unhealthy desires. Uh, The obvious example is a Hollywood marriage, right? So most of which are huge deals when they happen, until they're not. Stars looking for other stars in order to have the perfect public-facing union, only to fall apart in a few years when the new car smell goes away. Uh, 
But that's just one example. People marry for looks, they marry for money, they marry for positions of power, all desires that get in the way of the one true desire God placed in us to be loved and love another person. Next, we have house people. So, you know, housing is another thing that we all need. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with desiring a home to live in. Uh, But we all know that real estate is another area where people let their desires run wild. It's a very visual and very public declaration of your status and your earning potential. To some, having the right home is everything. Not just the location and the address, but the size of the home, the landscaping, and obviously all of the amenities and features that come with it. Next, you have car people. So we all need transportation. Nothing wrong with that. But vehicles are the next big thing in letting people know just how important you are. Sure, you can buy an affordable and reliable vehicle for $20,000, but the sky is the limit when you're shopping for a vehicle to showcase your wealth to those around you. It's another one of those things that just relates to your status, you know, driving the right car given the socioeconomic standing in society. Probably the reason why Rolls-Royce is still in existence today Speaking of Rolls-Royce, I just looked up the price for the new Rolls-Royce Ghost, and it looks to be over $300,000. Nothing says wealth and privilege like that. Am I right? Next up, material goods people. So this category is just all about stuff. Again, we all need stuff, right? We need clothing. We need other items in order to live a normal life. We need tools like computers and mobile phones in order to do school and work. But just like the other categories, that's the baseline, right? That's where it starts and it goes through the roof from there. You don't have to look far to see people throwing all sorts of time, energy, and money at things like jewelry, expensive and trendy clothing, shoes, TVs that cover entire walls, uh, the latest and greatest electronic gadgets, sporting equipment, outdoor equipment, guns, enough to start your own little army, and the list goes on and on. In this modern world, there is an unlimited number of things that you can spend your time and money on. This, coupled with the power of Amazon, and you have them sent right to your home, sometimes in less than a day. And finally, we have the category of the world traveler people. Again, nothing wrong with travel, like we all travel from time to time for work or when moving or going on vacation. But when this is one of your main desires, travel becomes your life. It becomes part of who you are. And sometimes it just exists because you can, because when you're successful, that's what successful and wealthy people do. You need to be seen in exotic locations. You need to be able to Instagram it so others will see it. The unhealthy desire associated with travel is more about the fact that you can travel and less about the fact that you're actually experiencing new things where you go. Number three, standards of living. Now, before I come across as bashing the rich and the famous, let me back up a bit and explain that this is not something that only the wealthy struggle with. In fact, Each of us, no matter where we're at on the socioeconomic ladder, will struggle with unhealthy desires. The dollar amount may be different, but the struggle is the same. The more you have, the bigger the price tag on the things that you like or that you think you need. When I was growing up, my parents used to tell me, there are rich people who live month to month. Now, I didn't really understand what that meant back then, but today I certainly do. 
Here's one example. One person is struggling with the kind of Lamborghini to buy. Another person is struggling with what Toyota they should buy. Now, depending on the income of each person, the decision is the same, as it may have the same impact on their future financial security. So where you are at on the socioeconomic ladder doesn't really matter. You have healthy decisions in front of you, and you have unhealthy decisions in front of you, based on the desires that you have and the things that you will potentially end up worshiping. So where are you? Where do you fall? And what decisions are in front of you? Decisions that you have to make between unhealthy desire and what you know is the right thing to do. Number four, perception is reality. The truth of the matter is we're all living in a different place financially. So here are just a few um, levels, if you will, that we see in this country. So we have those who literally have it all, right? Have enough money to where they may never run out. Like they could literally spend money for the rest of their lives and never run out. Next, you have those who almost have it all, but still have to be careful and make good decisions um, in order to remain that way. Then there are those who have just enough, making an above average income that allows them to live a normal middle class life, even though most of the time this is month to month. Next, you have those who make average incomes, who often struggle to make ends meet, feeling like there's never quite enough, always under the bubble. Then you have those who make below average incomes. Uh, these are in danger of not being able to maintain rent or car loans, etc. You have those who struggle to maintain a job on the verge of being homeless. And then you have those without jobs, people who are homeless. And while each of these levels seems so far apart, there is a common theme that runs through all of them, and that is perception is reality. In other words, the way you look at your situation is the reality you live under, meaning a super wealthy person who seems to have it all can be unhappy and never feel like they have enough. And a homeless person can literally be happy and joyful and 100% content with their situation. Now, this is something that makes no sense on paper, right? Like when you see it written down, you're like, oh my gosh, that can't be true. But deep inside, you know it is. You know it's true. When you're really pushed to be honest with yourself, you must admit that money does not equal happiness. Truth be told, we determine our level of happiness based on how we choose to perceive our life. How we choose to think and behave given our financial situation. So if this is true, here are some ways that people choose to view their wealth or lack thereof. First, you have the people who are angry, resentful, they're frustrated over where they're at. Uh, and this often breeds a lack of motivation and, and a lack of any attempt to change the situation they're in. Next, maybe you're jealous over the things that other people have and you never feel like you have enough or that you can get what other people have. Or maybe you're only feeling okay when things start to work out for you financially. You know, you, you kind of you get into a run of good success and all of a sudden you start to feel happy because your, your happiness is tied to success. Or maybe you're the type who feel okay about your situation, but you're always working to move to the next level. Very inward focused, like not happy with where you're at, but 
knowing that it's up to you to take the next step. Or maybe you're the person who feels content in your current life situation, no matter what it is. Now, my question for you is, how on earth did you get to be that way? And does this really even exist? If it does, it runs so counter to our culture that it definitely stands out like a sore thumb. So let's land the plane for this week. This week, ask yourself the following questions. What is it that you desire? What are the healthy desires? And what are the unhealthy desires? And where do you fall on the socioeconomic ladder? But more importantly, how do you perceive your life on the socioeconomic ladder? How do you perceive your life situation? Thanks again for being with us this week. Such a relevant topic for most of us. I know it is for me, you know, always struggling with just being content with what I have and where I'm at at life and not feeling like I'm on a ladder constantly trying to move up to the next rung. Um, You know, and just wherever you live in the country, each of us has healthy and unhealthy desires. Um, You know, I had the same things in Indiana that I do now in Southern California. So... It doesn't matter where you're at. There's going to be desires either way. So have a great week. As always, be aware of your desires and keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, There's nothing better than word-of-mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, This will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, Thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.